Yo, yo, everybody. Welcome back inside the lunch table. Checking in um, from Florida again. I am sitting down with uh, our second live guest. I think this is our uh, first live guest since David Cap, way back when. So, Garrett Chris, sitting right Woo! now. Woo! Big man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Glad to be here in Florida with you. Glad to be on the cast today. Yes, sir. So, we're going to go ahead and dive straight in. Me and Garrett uh, found ourselves uh, incredibly blessed during this trip to... Um, oh, Mr. pause. So, you're just going to you're, you're just gonna disregard me? Is that what, is that what we're doing? Okay, okay, okay. Let me back up. Jonathan Cap, how are you doing, big man? man how you doing i see you every single day but i'm gonna check on you anyway just to make sure you're doing okay big man how you doing on this wednesday i'm doing just fine <laughs> all right now that we've coddled cat's emotions a little bit let's go ahead and dive on into the stuff you really came here for and like i said we we found ourselves right outside of orlando and we tiptoed our way over to a magic game which was incredibly cheap because the magic are incredibly bad uh, but that's neither here nor there the team that they were playing were the brooklyn nets and um we got ourselves a small piece of history. Um, it was actually uh, a blessing. It really was. We got to watch Kyrie Irving go for 60 points. And uh, my first question for you, Gary, talk to me a little bit about the environment in the building. Tell me what it was like watching these Magic fans come to their feet to cheer for Kyrie. Bro, so we're from Texas. We don't like other people's <laughs> players. We don't care what you do unless it's actual, like, straight history, history. You you become the leading scorer in all of the league forever. Yes, we will stand and clap for you. Yeah, he got us on our feet. He Bro, got us on. I got to a standing no, goal at one point. There is a standing ovation of Magic fans wearing Mo Bamba jerseys, old Shaquille O'Neal jerseys, just clapping it up for Kyrie. It was insane. It was so that's insane, man. And I think the craziest part was after Kyrie gets to 60, he goes to the bench, man, and the building of Magic fans gets to their feet and starts chanting, we want Kyrie. I couldn't believe it, man. I At that point, <laughs> I had seen it all as a sports fan. Um, it was absolutely incredible to watch. Uh, Kyrie was sensational. Um, he got, The shooting number, The he started missing shots when he started trying to force <laughs> it around double teams, man. He was forcing it around double teams, but in the first half, it was one of the best basketball performances I've ever seen. Um, 41 points. He was absolutely phenomenal. Jonathan Cap, real quick, you uh, get a chance to tune in to Kyrie 60 Bomb? Yeah, I got a chance. Whenever you sent me the text, I thought you were kidding. Like, I thought you were lying because you, <laughs> you were at the game. <laughs> yeah, I said, no way, you're kidding me. Uh, so I tuned into it, and I watched it a little bit. Um, I was more impressed with what the, what the rest of the team was doing um, as well as just as just Kyrie. I mean, man, when you can drop 150 points, regardless of who you're playing, um, I know the Magic are god awful, probably the worst team in the, in the league. But hold up, so the dude sitting next to me at this game, man, um, diehard Magic fan, he's at all, as many games as he can go to, and uh, he told me he sits down next to me and goes, "Man, this team just sucks, bro. I love being here, and I really enjoy coming to this building, but." Man, we just suck. But the good news is these tickets stay pretty cheap. And so it was a good time chopping up with this Magic fan because I didn't even know Magic fans existed. You know, I thought that was a myth. Cap, real quick, there's one thing that happened on the court, take away from the big picture, and it blew me and Garrett away a little bit because we didn't know who he was. A guy named Kessler Edwards out there from the Nets, man. Um, this is – I watch a lot of Brooklyn Nets basketball. This is only the second time I've seen Kessler Edwards play, and he played a good chunk of minutes, and damn it, he was not bad. He was long. He was active. He played – hustled on the defensive end and honestly being a little bit more of a college head than I am Kev, can you tell me anything more about this Kessler Edwards kid uh he's picking the second round uh, I believe and he went to Pepperdine okay. I know that he was kind of a little bit of a sleeper coming out um I, I think that he would absolutely be a starter in the league if your starting rotation wasn't Kevin Durant Drogic <laughs> and or Drogic and Kyrie Irving uh for sure um but like I said I he was I, th I thought that he was a little bit underrated coming out of the draft. Nets kind of stole him there. 
Uh, and that's what you want to see from a kid that doesn't play a ton of minutes. You want to see him go out there and you want to see him hustle on defense, run around, get the ball, get those 50-50 balls, you know, up in the air balls, kind of stuff like that. So, uh, but no, yeah, he, he's from Pepperdine. Okay, so like I said, um, he, if you catch my eye, you go in the impressed column because I do watch this game quite often. And guess what I would stand, stood out to us yesterday at that game. So shout out to that kid. Hopefully he finds his way into the Nets rotation. Catherine, real quick, next game I want to move to, <laughs> going to shout out your San Antonio Spurs real quick, but unfortunately we have to shout out the other side of this matchup as Carl Anthony Towns, gentlemen. Carl Anthony Towns scored 60 points, hit a seven threes. Kath, I'm going to start with you on this one. Real quick, give me some initial thoughts from Cat going for 60. You might have even watched this one since it was your Spurs. Uh, I think Cat is the greatest big man, the greatest shooting big man of all time. Uh, I don't even think it's really up for discussion anymore. Uh, this hey, this isn't the first time because Jaw dropped 50 on us too a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we just keep getting we just keep getting the bad end of the stick. What's crazy though is Cat dropped 60, but it was only a 10 point game. I mean, it wasn't a blowout. You scored 140. <laughs> so I, holy hell. But we had, yeah, I know we had we had Johnson uh, go for thirty four. Uh, we had Larry Walker go for twenty two off the bench. I mean, we had Dejounte Murray go for thirty. So I, it, it wasn't a blowout blowout. But I, let me tell you something, boys. This is we are arguably in like this last week and a half, two weeks has been the greatest Easy, scoring games that I have ever witnessed in NBA. We have LeBron going for fifty twice. We have KD going for fifty on Sunday. Uh, we we have. Uh, Kat and Kyrie going for 60 apiece. Like, fellas, this is incredible. Five over the weekend. Right. Like, this is incredible. (laughs) Yeah, real quick, talk to me about the scoring you've seen over the past couple weeks. Kat just hinted at it. And Kat Kat going for 60. You think Kat's greatest shooting big man of all time? Uh, Yeah, I can start to get with the Kat's the greatest shooting big man of all time. You know. I think the time is now, man. I think the time is now. He's really – proved himself that he can be consistent shooting the ball and that's what you need out of him and the scoring is just outrageous it's just outrageous I don't remember sitting down every night and saying oh this person went for oh another 30 another 30, 40 50 I just I haven't I haven't seen it in ever besides Kobe's like stretch for like 17 games or whatever back and the craziest thing about that was I re- the stretch he's talking about in the early 2000s it was just the being by himself it was yeah. it was all Kobe over that two three weeks and it was insane because Kobe had the whole league polarized. The craziest thing about it right now is I think it's just the entire league is polarizing now, man. Everywhere you look. I mean, yesterday in Atlanta, Trey Young had 42. And it's just not even going to go on our broadcast. We just don't have time to talk about it. Like, that's how crazy good the NBA is right now. And the surplus of talent is something that's just a blessing, guys. Real quick, next game I want to talk about. Two MVPs going head-to-head in a game that went down to the wire. It was absolutely phenomenal. Okay, I'm going to start with you because we watched this one close together. Uh, Talk to me about Denver, uh, Philadelphia. The Sixers ended up losing by four, man. And we saw some struggles in the fourth quarter again. Talk to me about the James Harden, Joel Embiid mix, and then what you see from the Sixers moving forward after this game. I don't agree with anybody that says they're the next Shaq and Kobe, James Harden. <laughs> and it, Yeah, that's ridiculous. That. That is- I, I don't want to hear it. Uh, they're great in their own rights, but they will not be nowhere near that Lakers duo. <laughs> All right, second, I want to say shout-out to – Jokic for actually taking a backseat in the fourth quarter to Bones mm. Highland. Bones Highland closed that game for them. Absolutely. Jokic did not. Jokic said, I will just pick it up. Granted, he gave mm. Joel Embiid gave him 34. He closed Joel Embiid out in the fourth. Didn't have many points towards the end there. But that's what they needed. And that's, they got it off the dude that came off the bench and had 21 for him. 
Yeah, let me tell you something. I agree. I agree with you, Garrett, on that the 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 Shaq and Kobe comparison. I think people are, are always so eager to like compare to greats, you know, super quick. And let's have a conversation here. Okay. James Harden is not Kobe Bryant. And Joel Embiid, as great as he as great as he is and as great as he's been the last couple of years, is not Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal is a top ten player of all time. Uh like I don't I, I again when you have to implement a a, a play called hack a shag to stop him, <laughs> then uh, th- that that's pretty great. But I, I also agree with you too, Garrett. It was, it was really interesting. Jokic wasn't on, and Jokic knew that he was not on. Uh, and and he, he did take a back seat. I wish I wish this Denver team would have gone to the line a little bit more. Um, but I, I will say this, though. It, it, this is what I've realized. In the fourth quarter of these games, um, Joel does not get a, a – it, it just doesn't seem the same, like, foul call-wise. I feel like he gets a lot more foul calls um, on him, sending him to the line in the first three quarters, and then the fourth quarter they kind of let him play. I think it's going to piss him off a little bit. There was one at the very end uh, where he wanted a foul call, and they came down, and whoever it was came up and, and drilled a logo three. Um, and my thing with Joel Embiid is – um, one of the things that always made great free throw shooters great, this uh, what Carl Malone understood this really well, was in the fourth quarter, the whistle died, especially in the postseason. And that's one of the things that bit Carl Malone in his ass early in the po- or early into his career is he wanted to go to the free throw line in the postseason. And unfortunately, people will not let you do that. And I think we see Joel Embiid have those struggles like Cass hinted at. The thing I have in this game, um, Jokic was minus nine. Um, Jokic is a monster in the plus minus category, gentlemen. Um, every single yeah. uh, season we see Jokic just eat it up in the plus minus. Joel Embiid gave Jokic some problems in this game. And now I get, get it if you look down the box score, you see 22, 8, and 13. It's kind of hard for me to tell you he had problems doing that, but that's just normal joke. You know, that's just what we expect Joke on a Monday to Monday basis. The thing that kind of surprised me in this game was in the fourth quarter, like Garrett hinted at. Um, Jokic went away from being the primary scorer, and that's not something we've seen a lot from this season. Uh, as Denver keeps his game close, we see Jokic kind of do everything in his power to make sure it closes. And that was not the case against the Philadelphia 76ers. Jokic was more focused on the defensive end. He was playing mental games with Joel Embiid, and I really do like that from Jokic. One of the things Jokic does is Jokic doesn't speak the same language as you, so he's got to use hand gestures and eye movements. <laughs> and that that freaking eyebrow raise he does do everything he can. And he hit this little like crazy running floater at the end of the game where Joel Embiid basically full on shoved him into the stands and he made the shot. And that was the craziest part about it is you can tell Joel Embiid definitely got upset in the fourth quarter. And that's not something I want to see from the Philadelphia Sixers moving forward guys real quick. One well, Hey, time. hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. I, I, I wanted to, I want to add in there too, that I think that that's more of a positive for the Denver uh, nuggets than it is a negative that Jokic didn't get going mainly just because you, you couldn't win without Jokic on the floor and without Jokic producing. And now we're figuring out a way to beat arguably a top three seed in the East without Jokic getting going and without Jokic having to close for you. You have other guys that can step up. So I think that was a really good – I think that's the biggest positive that you can take out of the win outside of beating a, a, a really good team. Uh, I 110% agree about Jokic not closing. Um, two things before we move off this game, guys. First, on a positive for Denver, um, Jamal Murray did get assigned to the G League, gentlemen. So sooner yeah. rather than later, not not soon as in next week, but he is headed to the G League to go make some waves down there. The moment he gets on the court, he will torch the G League every single night he's out there. Um, the other one I want to talk about from this game before we move on, gentlemen, this is another game. James Harden had 24 points, and 12 of them came from the free throw line. That is 50% of his points. Um, shot 6 from 11 outside of the line. Guys, um, we did not see him hunting the free throw like this in Brooklyn. Do you think Joel Embiid got James Harden right back into old habits? Yes. 
I 110% agree, gentlemen. I think and, and that's my biggest that hey, that's my biggest reserve about this 76ers team going into the playoffs. The whistle does not happen near as often uh, that it does in the regular season as it does in the postseason. So, and I think, and I mean, we can you can go back and look. Uh, James Harden crumbles in the playoffs, and a lot of that is because he doesn't get to the free throw line as much as he usually does in the regular season. Uh, and and he starts to play a little bit different basketball than what he did. Uh, in, in the regular season. But that's my biggest reserve for them is the fact that if they don't get to the free throw line, if Joel doesn't get to the free throw line 20 times a game, Joel's only dropping you. Now, granted, he dropped 34 and, and, he, and he got to the free throw line 10 times. Um, but like you said, James Harden, man, tw- 24 points and 12 of them came for the free throw line. I mean, that can't be – I mean, yes, it can, but that's just not sustainable. It's well, not sustainable. My thing is, is this team is main goal right now. They are goal-oriented around one idea, and that is winning. It has to win right away. They do not have time to wait for next season. They put all the chips on the table. They need to win now. And unfortunately, Brooklyn has two. I mean, damn it, me and Garrett just watched him. We have two just purely gifted scores. Kevin Durant and Kyrie need nothing you do to help them score. There is nothing. They don't need any help from right. the defense. It doesn't matter how you play, what you do. Kyrie and KD will go out there and get their buckets. Unfortunately, you cannot compete at that while you are hunting two shots from the free throw line constantly down the court. And that is my issue with the Philadelphia 76ers. I think Doc Rivers is feeding into it too. Unfortunately, I know Doc Rivers loves shooting freaking free, throw, free throws. We've seen that going all the way back to KG in Boston. Um, guys, one more point before we move off this game. Um, both of these teams have the exact same record, and Nikola Jokic is playing by himself. I think that tells you a lot in the MVP conversation. Um, the next game I want to talk about, gentlemen, um, I want to go um, a little bit farther back than I wanted to because they haven't played in a minute. I want to go to the Mavs Celtics. Um, I want to hint at how, my, how hot my Mavs have played, and then I want to hint at where they are in the Western Conference, gentlemen. My Mavs did go tie with Utah on record for the fourth seed, 12 and a half games back. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, I want to say, has settled in, gentlemen. Um, I think he's finding his role in this team, what he belongs in the rotation. Um, Davis Bertans, a little bit less. Um, still some uncomfortableness, some questionable shots coming out of his hand. He still see, still seems to be not uh, what he was with Cavs Spurs. I know Cavs remembers him on his Spurs and just how damn talented he was out there. So, that's first <laughs> question for you, yeah. Garrett. I want to talk to you about um, what do you think from this game? Jason Tatum was good, and the Mavs were able to close. And then B, tell me, big picture, how you feel about the Mavs in the Western Conference tied for the fourth seed? I'm really glad they got to close against the Celtics because, honestly, the Celtics have been playing – Great ball lately as well. Ever since they got the Derek White trade, they've been playing defense. They've been doing everything they can to uh, continue to grow, uh, grow in the rankings and everything like that. And I, I'm a hometown kid. I love the Mavs. Um, yes, sir. Uh, we got the best player in the NBA, uh, Luka Doncic. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Two years and and when Katie a little bit more down, right, right? When Katie slows down. Katie just got back from energy, okay? We still, we still hold it. We still hold it. And then uh, wow. everyone's just playing great, great ball together. I mean, they started three guards of Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Luka Doncic that night. They all kind of need the ball in their hand a little bit, but oh, they started to die on me a little bit. That's a good point. The Jalen Brunson, I hit it at this show. I want to say it was when I was in Hawaii, Cap. And I talked about um, Jalen Brunson's role kind of growing as Luka was hurt. He had turned into almost a 20-point-per-game score. And now it might be a little bit of a, a little bit of something to highlight here, gentlemen. The production is dipping, but I don't think JB cares. I think that's the good part here. Yeah. I think Jalen Brunson really just wants to win. Kath, two questions for you. A, talk to me about Jason Kidd, because I've said some mean things about Jason Kidd right here on the show. And then B, tell me just your overall feel for the Mavs, a little bit less biased than me and Garrett are. Uh, I mean – 
Jason Kidd has gotten you what? What are y'all fourth in the uh, West? Tied for fourth in the West? Is that what? I mean, you, I'm tied for fourth in the West technically, but I'll take fourth in the West. That sounds better than tied. <laughs> right. So uh, listen, even though this is a down year for the Western Conference, uh, pretty top heavy with Golden State and Phoenix. Uh, listen, you can't be incredibly upset uh, with the with the coach that comes in, a first year coach that comes in, and he, and you're at right now where you're at right now, fourth in the West. You can't be upset with that. I think though that for this game, y'all should have lost it. I mean, let's be honest. I agree, actually. Uh, I actually agree. The Celtics played with eight players. Uh, you should have lost the game. Your bench was terrible. Uh, Luca was okay. Shot eight for sixteen. That'll work. Uh, Jalen Brunson needed to stop shooting the ball. Um, Dinwiddie looks good. I actually like Dinwiddie more than I like uh, Jalen Brunson. I think that was a phenomenal trade. He's awesome. Uh, but yeah, y'all should have lost this game. If they if if they didn't if they didn't play with eight players, y'all would have lost this game um, every day of the week. I'm, I, I Sorry about it. Oh, and by the and by the way, Luca is not the best player in the league. Probably not even <laughs> top five in the league. Okay, um, we're gonna push back on Kath a little bit here because we're gonna go through some uh, Boston Celtics players. Uh, Jason Tatum shot seven for twenty three, and Jalen Brown shot six for sixteen. If they wanted to win this game, Kat, they should have just done it, man. Uh, well, hell, he played Jason 41 Tatum minutes. Three for 10 from behind the line. Um, the, the fact that Jason Tatum stayed positive kind of tells you how they stayed in this game because I think the turnovers on my map side were a little bit of an issue, especially in the first half, man, because the Celtics did open this up to 16 points. Cavs got a point there. And uh, the I think the biggest positive you want to take away from the Mavs is the fact that you got back in it, man. Uh, going down 16 uh, in the third quarter, I kind of wanted to turn it off, but um, – something DFS told Luca on the game was, hey, hold up, it's only 16 points. And I'm kind of thinking like, okay, DFS, you're funny. And then he kind of had a point. It was only 16 points. And Jason Kidd caught a couple two timeouts that I really liked that stopped both Boston runs. And yep. while Cap definitely has a point that we could have lost, I just have a hard time giving Chase and Tatum the, uh, any slack here when he goes seven for 23, man, two more buckets. No, definitely not, any, hey, definitely not any slack. But let me tell you something. You're going to have a hard time. Uh, winning NBA games if you turn the ball over 18 times. Like yeah, that's a damn good point, man. That's a damn. I good think point. everything. I think everything. Everything aligned for y'all for you guys to win the game. Jason Absolutely. Tatum playing like hot, hot garbage. Yeah. Them only having eight players on the field, and uh, y'all just shot a little bit better than they did um, towards. And so, especially, but I'm I'm still sticking. I'm still sticking by. It. Yeah, the Celtics shot nine for 37 behind the arc. Like that's not going to. You, you want to talk about not winning any NBA games? Yeah, that's not going to win you any NBA games. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, gentlemen, there's one more NBA thing I want to talk about before you move off and head over to the NFL. Um, the, the Grizzlies beat the Pacers, and with the Grizzlies – well, they didn't beat the Pacers. They waxed the Pacers. Uh, John Moran didn't play for you. John Moran and the <laughs> out there. Um, guys, the Grizzlies just mm-hmm. moved past Golden State now. Um, it is no longer a tie. They have now moved past Golden State into the second spot. Um, Golden State is getting uh, more healthy right now. Uh, Draymond's on his way back. Clay did go for 38 over the weekend. That was good to see from Clay as he finds his shooting touch just a little bit. But damn it, gentlemen, these, these Memphis Grizzlies, we got to have this conversation as they move into second in the West, a half game clear. Kath, I'm going to start with you because you've said some positives about these Grizzlies all season long. Talk to me about some highs on Memphis and maybe some lows if you got them. Uh, I think the biggest high is the fact that they have arguably one of the best young talents on their team in John Moran. Uh, and, and they can win without John Moran as we see them beat the Pacers. Uh, I think the biggest negative for them is they are young. <laughs> they don't have a ton of talent there. They haven't been there, done that. Listen, I'm taking Golden State uh, strictly off of the fact that they know what they're doing. You have a veteran coach. You have, you have four or five veteran players on the team who've played in finals games, uh, who's, who have made big shots before. Listen, all that comes up, especially whenever you're talking about deep postseason runs. 
uh, it, all, all the the veterans that you have on your team. That's why you have guys that uh, don't ever play, but they're on the team, and you wonder why they're on the team. Big perk. Right, right. That's why you have those kind of players. That's why you have those players on there. Um, but, no, I, 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 I think that they're good, um, and I like them more than I like Phoenix, so, even without um, Chris Paul. Kath, I want to make you do be a little hypothetical here. Um, tell me right now, who do you feel more confident in going to the Western Conference Finals, the Grizzlies or the Suns? Oh, well, the Grizzlies for sure. Damn it, me too. I think I think I think Jaw is better than Devin Booker is, and oh, I don't hey, think that's that that's a good point. That is a damn good point. I think Jaw is way better than Devin Booker is. What are we talking about? I, I okay. So the, the the main reason I think this comes down to, and I think this is an easy debate, and it'll kill it right here, is playmaking, man. Um, these scores, yes, they are hundred percent equal scores. They are very equal scores. Now, get D book shoots the three better than John Morant, but damn it, John Morant goes to the rim a whole lot better than D book does. Yeah, he does. Playmaking, John Morant is the uh, facilitator on this team. I get that they win without him. Do not get me wrong. I get that they're fourteen and two, whatever the the number is. Unfortunately, when he plays, they're even better. And that's the important thing to remember. Um, not enough, not better enough that I want him to be my MVP. I'm not going crazy here. But at the same time, what he brings to them as the number one facilitator. I don't want Phoenix fans to get lost where Chris Paul is hurt. Chris Paul is still the number one facilitator on that team. The offense runs through Chris Paul. He chooses who gets in and out of the sets. And I think that's a damn good point bringing up on John Morant. Yeah, real quick. The question I'm going to turn to you, same kind of thing here. I want to talk about, do you have more confidence in Phoenix or um, – Memphis, and then talk to me about that John Morant Devin Book conversation as well. I'm not betting against Chris Paul in anything, especially when it comes down to the to closing. That man closes better than best fourth quarter team in the league when Chris Paul plays. That's that's for a reason. Um, And I'm pretty sure. Yeah, just not in the postseason. (laughs) If we talk about Chris, my bad. Keep going. Keep going. He's going to rest up. He's a that eight weeks is is courteous. Hell yeah, for a thumb, you don't break your thumb and miss. Three months. That's just, that's very generous. He knows what he wants, and he's gonna go get what he wants, what he is owed, what he deserves. Well, and I think another one on the Chris Paul injury side is people got to remember he played in that All Star game. Yeah. Remember he charted out there and quote unquote he just wanted to dance around or whatever, but he seemed to be going for a pretty decent amount of speed for a broken right <laughs> finger. But go ahead, yeah. kid. go ahead. And then the Devin Booker versus John Morant. Uh, Devin Booker. Um, I like Devin Booker. I've been I watched him a long time, and John Morant. I, I like him too, but. I don't know. I, I really like Devin Booker. I really do. Hey, and the one thing you have on D-Book's side that I don't think John Moran has yet that, well, and granted, he gave Utah some punches last year in the playoffs. As much as I hate to say it, Devin Booker has had at least some sort of playoff success. Yeah. This will be Jaws' first season to add that to that resume because, like I said, the Utah series, I mean, remember they did win. I want to say it was game one. They beat game one in yeah. Utah, and I want to say Donovan Mitchell didn't play, but still a playoff win on the road is still something impressive. But like I said. And then remember, remember just two years ago what he did in the bubble – the Suns went Very seven true. and zero in the bowl with him on his back. There's no Chris Paul there. You can't say Chris Paul didn't do anything for him. Their starting point guard was a nobody. Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne was their starting point guard, and now he's their backup. Cameron Payne. Okay, so, so I mean. It's a good point. It's a good point. Gentlemen, little quick, I want to spin us to the National Football League. I want to talk about Jonathan Katz's favorite guy, his go-to quarterback, his OU man, his 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 cob beaten machine, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> ran, him, <laughs> ran himself into some problems. He actually, for the first time in a while, I'm going to take Baker's side, gentlemen, for the first time in a long time. Baker Mayfield 
uh, is trying to find himself re-signing Cleveland, gentlemen. Cleveland has been leaking information like crazy about Deshaun Watson, Jameis, damn it, anybody else that plays quarterback. It seems like Cleveland is out on Baker Mayfield. Kath, I'm going to start with you right here. Give me some initial thoughts on if you think Baker Mayfield will return to Cleveland or if you think that chapter is over. Well, real quick, I want to say this. Um, I think that Cleveland is not necessarily off of Baker yet. I think that Cleveland that is, is shopping for other change. quarterbacks. Uh, I think that Cleveland is shopping for other quarterbacks, and if it doesn't work out with Deshaun Watson, uh, then they will go ahead and sign Baker. I don't know if Baker will sign with them, though. That's kind of, you know, it, it's like it's like I have a girlfriend, but I'm talking to this girl over here and want to <laughs> date them. But if that doesn't work out, then I'm going to go back to my girlfriend. It's a whole That's bunch of weird stuff there. But at the same time, too, though, man, you better take a job whenever you got one. So, um I, it's not that I'm necessarily it's not that I'm necessarily on Baker Mayfield's side. I mean, this is the league. This is this is the business of the NFL. That's what happens. Uh, Deshaun Watson is a better football player than you are. And you better believe that if they have the opportunity to go up there and, and get a conversation with him and get him on his their roster, you better believe that they're going to do that. Um, kind of sucks that it happened this way. But at the same time, too, man, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't play better and if you if you play better then this really wouldn't be a conversation but you also have to understand too that that the league that we're in we've got seven top quarterbacks young top quarterbacks that are all better than you this the the cleveland browns are looking around and they're saying well well he was drafted with kyler or he was drafted and josh allen and lamar jackson and he's about the same age as Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert and all these other guys. And even Cleveland will tell you they are better than Baker. <laughs> I mean, I don't – so – and there's a, a ton of Cleveland fans that are not very happy with the organization doing that, which I think Absolutely. is just weird. I think it's weird. Well, Why would you not want your team to get better? Organization's been. I mean, that organization has sniffed just mediocrity these past couple of years, and they are absolutely right. high as hell on that, man. And they're t- but they're but they're tired but they're tired of it. And let me tell you something. If I'm Deshaun Watson and I get to choose where I want to go, which theoretically how it's been working with him is teams will have to come to Houston, give them a trade offer. Houston will have to agree to that trade offer to then talk to Deshaun Watson, and then and then try and persuade him because he has that no trade clause. He gets to choose wherever theoretically wherever he wants to go. Um, and if I'm him and I liked what I heard from Cleveland. I'm going to Cleveland. Amari Cooper's there. Uh, offensive line was banged up last year. It's coming back. You've got you. You've the roster is great. I mean, it's a great roster. It's probably the best. It's a better roster than uh than New Orleans. It's a better roster than Atlanta, and definitely better than uh Carolina. And those are the those are the other three teams that have showed interest in them. So I, I mean that that's our show. I took Cleveland to go 13 and three and win that division at the beginning of the season just because of how talented that roster is. I came on this podcast and told you all what John Johnson signed for Cleveland. They were now complete, and I believe that they were as far as Baker Mayfield could carry them. And I think we saw how far Baker Mayfield could carry them. And I think that's the conversation Cleveland's going to have, gentlemen. At the end of the day, there are ten, at least ten quarterbacks in the AFC better than him. Um, I'm willing to bet you we could argue between Baker Mayfield and Ryan Tannehill. I mean, damn it, boys, Ryan Tannehill keeps going to the playoffs. And damn it, he keeps winning playoff games too. So I, I haven't seen that for Baker Mayfield yet. And I, I mean, yeah, let's let's be honest. Let's be honest. Here, I'm gonna name off. I'm gonna name off ten quarterbacks right here, Kevin. And and I want you guys to tell me if Baker Mayfield is better than any of these. Okay, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. Right now, 
Um, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, and Trevor Lawrence. That's 10 right there. And at 11, you could even say uh, Mac Jones. So is he better than any of those guys? And th- that's, those are your peers, man. That, that's your conference. That's not even when we go to the other side, damn it. I mean, I, I don't even know if you could say Dakota Prescott is Baker Mayfield's peer. I, Dakota Prescott's better than him. Like, I just have so – it's very hard for me to try to hitch my wagon to four more years of Baker Mayfield. Because let me tell you, I'm not happy that I'm hitched for four more years of Dak Prescott. And at the end of the day, I just told myself <laughs> Dak Prescott's better than Baker Mayfield. So I'm going to have a hard time hitching my tail to that wagon. Hey, but at least Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in his division. That's fair. In in Baker Mayfield's division, he's got Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. And now you've got Mitchell Trubisky, which I don't know how he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to be great or not. But you could absolutely make an argument that Baker Mayfield is the worst quarterback in his own division, let alone the AFC. And I, I, that's a damn, damn good point when you start talking about Dakota Prescott because Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in his division and plays with some crappy, crappy franchises. That is not the Cleveland Browns. I mean, gentlemen, I, I think we can all say Pittsburgh's pretty well run, huh? No, haven't, no. haven't been bad in Absolutely. Like 30 years. Yeah. 30 right. years. Always competent, always can compete. I'm telling you, um, even uh, Baltimore. Baltimore's another one that going back, what, 20, 30 years Ever now, they're Lewis, just competitive, man, just competitive. And you cannot be average in that division because the teams around you, hell, Cincinnati's been bad our entire lifetime, gentlemen. Uh, yep. I love Chad Okocinco as much as anybody. They were shit. I mean, let, let's be honest. Yeah. Carson Palmer, they were damn <laughs> average. And for that team, that organization's on track now, on track, got a quarterback for at least 10 years, man. So if I'm Cleveland, from the situation we just laid out, you can't stay on Baker Mayfield, man. It just puts you in too much of a just average spot. Guys, the next one I want to talk about, stay in the division here. Gary, I'm going to start with you. Marcus Williams. Uh, Marcus Williams is not somebody that gets a lot of love in the papers. He's not someone you Oh, wait, his. pause, 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 what pause. What you, what you got? Breaking news. Chandler Jones has reached an agreement with the Las Vegas Raiders. Wow. That's wow, really bad for your Cowboys, trapped, man. That's really bad for your Cowboys. You wanted somebody uh, to replace Gregory, and you're you, you, no, de- honestly, definitely Chandler I, Jones I was up on that list. Bit. I'm not. I'm not as high on missing out on Chandler Jones. They probably gave him crappy money. What's the contract? I know, but who else? Uh, that it hadn't been, uh, hadn't hadn't been said. Hey, okay. Yeah, but Bobby Wagner's not a he, he's not a defensive end. But anyways, sorry. Um, Back to what Marcus we were saying. Williams, uh, like I said, somebody not on ESPN every day. He's not a sports center favorite, but damn it, boys, he's, a, he's an A pre PFF grade every single season. Uh, an All Pro, I want to say. Oh what, yeah. Two seasons ago, mm-hmm. uh, signed in Baltimore. We know Baltimore that the their corners are Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. That's some damn good guys, Garrett. They're adding Marcus uh-huh. Williams on the back end. Talk to me about this defense. What you see from Baltimore? Lamar Jackson coming back. Baltimore gave up big plays. They said, let's go get up guys that won't give Abs- up big plays. Absolutely, man. It's the biggest hole. I love it. They said, Lamar Jackson, okay, the old line's been getting a little better. It's not as bad as it Yeah, was they outed. I want to say it was Ozis Brown's the name. Moses Brown? I think so. Uh, now they got, they can protect Lamar a little bit better, get, get some more balls. They're going to end up picking a receiver up somewhere eventually. Morgan Moses was Morgan the name. Moses Offensive the name. tackle. They'll go pick up another receiver somewhere. So Hollywood Brown's not the only person out there running. running Hopefully routes. so. Maybe even in the draft. Probably. And then the defensive side of the ball just got. I mean, you had a question, right? I mean, I, I, they're there to make a splash, and it's. It seems like it. And so, Kath, my two questions to you. Um, I'm going to ask you A, do you think Baltimore will go receiver in the draft? And if so, give me a name. And then B, tell me. Um, adding Marcus Williams, what do you think the biggest hole is left on this roster, and how serious do you think this team can be with the addition of Marcus Williams? I'm Moses Brown. We'll give Moses more, whatever the hell his name is, some love too. Um, I, I think the 
Let me look up where where is uh, Baltimore picking? Um, I'm willing um, to bet you. Uh, let's see, they missed the postseason, so what? Somewhere between that 15. They've 20. got the 14th, 14th. 14? Pick. Okay, there you go. Uh, um, I don't know. I I would I would like to say that they'd go receiver, especially with the uh, the immense talent in the draft at the receiver position. Wide receiver one um, at 14. You very well possibly could get wide receiver one. Um, I, mean, I think there's a possibility, I, not something. I don't know. Honestly, I don't even know what their biggest hole is. You could say it's wide receiver. You could say um, running back. Uh, yeah, okay. But there's not a ton well, of great running backs. You got J.K. I, Dobbins coming back from that ACL injury. Well, granted, no, that's true. Kind of bad for running back, but maybe J.K. Dobbins can give me something. My concern with this team, um, Calais Campbell, I believe, is a free agent. I don't know if he's coming back. I wouldn't mind them going on either side of the offensive line. The issue is. Out, Cap, tell me outside of our, our top two pass rushers in this draft, is there a pass rusher at 14 that would really pop to Baltimore? Um, well, you have – no, you have a – you actually have a, a decent amount of uh, pass rushers in um, in this draft here. I think the – I don't know. Listen, in, in the draft – in the draft, when you're around that 14th area right there, uh, you take the best player that's available – uh, and that's it. You take the best player that's available. Um, and whether that is a running back, a quarterback, whatever it is, you take the best player that's available. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, I mean, I've seen mock drafts that have him going number one. I've got Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson going number one. I definitely wouldn't get a quarterback for sure, especially because you have uh, Huntley right there as your backup. Um, and I think he's better than any other quarterback in this draft as well. Um Again, but like I said, I, people are saying that Washington is going to take Matt Corral at five. Uh, some people say Kayvon Thibodeau is going number one. I think the safest pick is Aiden Hutchinson at number one. Uh, but let's also not forget, too, there is you, – you've got Derek Stanley, you've got Evan Neal, you've got other players outside of – I think uh, what you hinted at on Monday uh, with Jacksonville, what they've done at free agency, I think that kind of answered the Evan Neal question for us because I was kind of high on them. Um, if we go back two or three episodes right here on this podcast, I was pretty high on them going uh, – letting Cam Thompson walk or, or Cam Robinson, I believe, is the left tackle they franchise tag and uh, bringing in Evan Neal. But when they franchise tagged him, it doesn't seem like that'll be the direction. So I really do believe Cap is spot on the head. He told us, what, four months ago, Aiden Hutchinson was going to be number one pick. And I think he is, we're, we're trending fast towards that direction. Gentlemen, um, real quick, we did just kind of start the conversation. They did add a couple more names. Um, Darius Williams, corner, um, three years, 39 mil, not a bad deal. And then Zay Jones, wide receiver. Cap, two more names for Jacksonville, just adding on to the salary cap. We like the addition of Zay Jones and then adding uh, Darius Williams to the secondary. I like every single move that they have made. I haven't loved them all, but I've liked every single move that they've made. The biggest one that I like is that uh, guard that they took from uh, Washington. I think that's the best move that they've made. Um, but, I, again, it's what we said on Monday. I'd rather have a team that strikes out and overpays for some guys rather than just sitting on their hands and not doing anything like New Orleans. Now, Grand Orleans can't really do much because they just got positive uh, in, in their salary cap area. But even, even uh, Indian uh, – Indian, they're not doing anything. We're still here. I'm still here waiting for Indianapolis to do something. And just anything. Someone, just someone, man. Anybody. So, yeah, no, I listen, listen, let me tell you something. They are the they are going to be way better. I think they're going to add an extra five games, five wins on their schedule next year. Strictly just strictly based on what they're doing. And listen, that's what happens in a rebuild. Sometimes you overpay for players, 
Sometimes you, you do a little bit more, some, whatever it is. Sometimes you you trade off more than what you should trade off. But let me tell you something. I'd rather win seven games and miss the playoffs than win two games or three games <laughs> and miss the playoffs. At least you're going in the right direction. I agree. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, Garrett, my question to you, same thing. Uh, we've seen Jacksonville make, what, nine moves this offseason. Um, do you – tell me, Cap said love, not like. you the same way. Are you loving, not liking? Are you loving these moves? What do you think about Jacksonville moving forward, Doug and Pete's coming in? And what, he can it at five more wins. I think Doug Peterson is quality enough just for two of those wins. So you add his talent on, man. Cap's got a damn point. They could stumble around and find themselves uh, competing in this division because, like you said, Indianapolis hasn't found a lot in, uh, in free agency. I'm, I'm very high on the Jaguars and how they've – um, handled themselves this offseason just because they've added the young guy some weapons. Like, granted, Evan Ingram has a higher drop ratio than other people, but one of your backup tight ends was Tim Tebow. Oh, right, right. If this keeps Tim Tebow out of camp, so you're at least successful. would you rather have Tim Tebow <laughs> or someone that actually gets paid to play tight end? Second, they add Zay Jones, who y'all saw Zay Jones when Darren Waller can't catch a ball, they throw the ball to Zay Jones. Especially in Dallas, man. He torched my freaking Cowboys. Torched Dallas. I'll never forget that. Yeah, he did. Jackson. And then Christian Kirk, granted he was the third best receiver on his team this season, but and they were hurt most of the season, but he's still quality. And it's not like they have a quantity of guys that can just go out there and play every single day. I think that's what's moved me a little bit on the Christian Kirk side of it because I came on on Monday and I was was pretty boiling underneath my skin about what Christian Kirk did. But damn it, Jacksonville was terrible at receiver, man. They were absolutely terrible at receiver. And uh, the, I think the fact that if you go back and watch Jacksonville from last season, how many times are you watching James Robinson catch the freaking football? Oh my, at the backfield, out the backfield, just because Trevor Lawrence is dumping the ball up. So honestly, the fact that you just got Christian Kirk into the building, I get the money's kind of heavy. Um, and like I said, if you're another receiver, you're really enjoying Christian Kirk getting paid. But for Jacksonville, damn it, who else are you going to send out there? Who the hell else are you going to send out there? So, I mean, I really think it's a great point. Because they kept DJ Chark. Well, so, it's going to be exactly. DJ Chark, Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk. I'm fine with that. I'm, I, don't I, I really was hoping that they would get, room. like – Go ahead, Kev. I was really hoping they'd get somebody like Allen Robinson. I think no, that's a damn good point. Best. I did, too. I really wish they would. And I think, that's, I think that's the pushback. I think that's the biggest pushback with – Money that they gave Christian Kirk because I think people believe that you could have given that money to and a little bit more. Christian Kirk is not worth that money, so I, that, that's, um, that is I think that, that I, th- I don't think that's changed. But and I, the, my thing is, what if what if Allen Robinson, gentlemen, comes out and takes the eighteen mil just like Christian Kirk? That's my biggest concern here. Yeah. If we see Allen Robinson sign somewhere like New England and take eighteen point one mil with additions to get up to twenty three point two. Guys, I'm gonna have I'm gonna come back on here with a totally different take because I'm gonna be furious at Jacksonville because damn it, that's the exact you could have offered him more. You could have given him 20. It, shit, you could have given him 25. You could have given him 45. And now, granted, we, right. we don't want to get crazy there, but at the same time, that is the only way the Christian Kirk one gets really bad to me is if we see one of the top line receivers. Because gentlemen, um, Allen Robinson's a, a, one of the top end free agents. Um, I don't know. Um, I thought he was the best free agent uh, coming out right now. I thought he's and he's still on the board. I think that he's going to go to um, Las Vegas. But again, you're you're right. It's going to be interesting to see what they pay him. And listen, you're if you're Devontae Adams, if you're somebody else, you're pissed. And if you're Justin Jefferson, some guys who haven't gotten paid, you're licking your chops because you know that's what I'm going to be getting here in the next couple of years. If he's getting that, imagine what they have to give Justin Jefferson. Um, guys, one more that's still on the board that I would love Jacksonville to get onto. I'm looking at my uh free agent big board right here and i'm looking at a name at the top of the board that has still gone unsigned his name's teron armstead 
um, Jacksonville, I think you should take the rest of your money and put it all into one check and send it to Ron Armstead's way. Gary, what do you think about that all-pro left tackle? You think Jacksonville, Cincinnati maybe? I think Jacksonville is stupid. I forgot they released Miles Jack. They did release Miles Jack. They saw that at the car. That's a good one to talk about. Damn it. 26-year-old Miles Jack. Let's talk about that instead, Gary. Tell me why the blank you think they cut Miles Jack. I have no idea. <laughs> me neither. Me neither. I don't know. He's not bad in the locker room. He was a cornerstone of your defensive. I mean, he's been there through all of this, yeah. like through all this turmoil and trash. You drafted him. And you he, drafted him. And told him, man. hey, go play against Brady in this championship game. And he did it for a long time. Cap, are you any happier that Miles Jack is gone than we are? No, I don't understand. I didn't understand it when I saw the news yesterday, mainly just because he led your team in tackles last year. Um, but listen, it's, it's, this is. This is the same conversation that I can have with every single team. If you are going to get rid of a player that produces for you, then what are you going to follow up with next? What are you going to – who are you bringing back in? Now, I don't know. I, I, there's, uh, it's up in the air on why they got rid of him. Maybe they didn't want to pay him any so money. Maybe they, they didn't did want to – They sign linebacker uh, Foyo uh, Ola, Ola Kuhn from Atlanta. Yeah. And they uh-huh. signed him on three years, 45 mil. So maybe for you is Miles Jack's replacement. Um, I think you can – Maybe they're going the to the draft as well afterwards. I mean, and that's true. Maybe they're going to the draft. Linebacker in the draft, and they have 1,700 million picks. So, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me if they go – linebacker in the draft but I guess it is kind of it's just kind of sad man like Kat hinted at um this was somebody who produced for this football team gentlemen and now where Miles Jack is going I think that's pretty obvious um I think Dallas is the best landing spot for him he's a great linebacker that goes sideline to sideline he can cover as well so I really don't think he needs to have a conversation here I think he should just pick up the pick up the phone get a plane set up well we're gonna Dallas we're going to talk about that in a minute I do want to answer your question about Teron Armstead I think the reason why he's still on the board is because of how old he is, number one, and the injuries that he's had in the last four or five. No, I'm not saying that he's not going to be able to find his money. Okay. I just don't know that. I just don't know that he, if he yeah. – I don't know that he can walk into the – I don't think he can walk into any uh, in, in any team and just say, yeah, I want this amount of money. That, I think okay, some people are true, like, yeah, that's kind of – is reaching that point where he is definitely on the twilight side of his career. I want to say 32 now, gentlemen, um, and that is definitely on the backside of age-wise. And Kath makes a good point. Um, gentlemen, one thing that we've seen improve over the past couple seasons, definitely going back to the 90s and the 80s, is offensive line play. Mm-hmm. Offensive line are coming at a more rapid rate where we're starting to see all pros come out. I mean, damn it, Clint Nelson's what best offensive line prospect we've ever seen, and so – I think um, that is certainly a good point that Kath makes. He cannot just walk into any of these locker rooms that he wants to and just demand 48,000 of everything. And he wants a red lot, a carpet and a limo and all that stuff. That is certainly true. Toron Armstead is not in that demand. Kath, give me a team. Give me somewhere you think Toron Armstead is probably going to head. Uh, it's probably a guess in the win. I haven't even really seen leaked stories around his name yet. So, um, I mean, I, I, I think it would be really interesting if Indianapolis got – their hands on him with him and Quentin Nelson. Uh, Toronto Armstead is the locker in every locker room or is the leader in every locker room that he's ever been in. Great high character um, guy, man. Have some – have yeah, have some good high character guy that can go in there and lead you a football team. Listen, they're going to – I think what – like his biggest strength is – he man, he is probably one of the best pass pro guys I've probably ever watched. Uh, this guy – and then at the same time, 
he can go and knock you in the mouth as well. Again, I think the biggest issue with him is his age. He's getting up there and then B, the injuries that he's had. He has an injury history, and that's something that you don't want. I mean, we, we look at we look at uh like look at Dallas's offensive line four years ago. A lot of those guys <laughs> they've already met their end, and that was only four or five years ago. Like these offensive linemen are not great for 10 years, right? Especially it's just the, impossible the, the, the for those to be. It's big, the Knicks, the Knox coming right. in the back, man. That's what we've seen with um Tell me, I've got Tyron Smith. Tyron Ly- Smith and Lyle, Lyle Smith. Collins uh, and all Lyle them. Lyle Collins, another. Lyle Collins, well, wasn't uh, to the same end that, that Tyron Smith is, but I'm telling you, man, these injuries come quick. Not Travis Frederick, damn it. Travis Frederick was the best center in the league, and uh, that that neck injury just tore him to pieces, man, and he was finished at 29. So, Kath makes a damn good point about uh, longevity of offensive lines. Guys, um, there's one, another one I want to talk about. I can't remember if we talked about it on Monday. I think we kind of like hinted at it with Khalil Mack being moved, but the Chargers also signed J.C. Jackson. Um, Garrett, I'm going to start with you. This um, division is, is definitely top heavy with Kansas City. Bringing in J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack's a little bit old, but um, I'm still willing to give him an A-. minus. And I think J.C. Jackson, without a doubt, is an A. That's two top-end football players adding to this defense. Tell me what you think. Do you think this team is ready to win this division challenge Kansas City? I think this they year? just they they if, depending on where Tyron Matthew signs, they might have just got their last couple pieces to go out there and beat Kansas City. Because granted, yes, Patrick Mahomes is not might say I'm not gonna lose this game, <laughs> but granted, Justin Herbert can say the same thing. That, I think and that's say, a good point. I'm not gonna lose this game. And it, it will become a battle of quarterbacks, and then Derwin James, Khalil Mack, JC Jackson, Joey Bosa. This defense is loaded. Woo! That's and a lot of names, man. You can you can start going to the conversation. Cause I said it last year. I was like, Chargers have one of the best defense. And adding two more Aids, great defense. Khalil Mack, I get he's coming off an injury. But if Khalil Mack just comes and gives him, like, what, 70 If Khalil Mack does what Von Miller did. Oh, the man. Los Angeles that's, a good one. that's a good comp right there. That's, that's a good comp. Literally the same thing. And walk away. I don't care. You did what he was. I think um, the big thing he hinted at right there was Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew is still a free agent. Kath, while I throw it over to you, I'm going to set up two questions for you. A, do you think Tyron Matthew is going to resign? And then B, the, real, the big question that Garrett addressed, if Tyron Matthew doesn't come back, what do you think the picture of this division looks like? Both sides, Kansas City and L.A. Uh, I don't think Tyron Matthew signs back with Kansas City. Um, Kansas City just got – who do they just get? Um, they just got a safety. Yeah, somebody. Um, but, I, man, it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, as you can call me a homer all you want to, but it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I don't view Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert in the same uh, light. And that's nothing against uh, Justin Herbert. But at the same time, too, though, I think it's going to be – listen, Joe Bosa is phenomenal as it is. Absolutely. He is an A-plus. And, and, and now – Oh, you can't double him and chip him after every or for every play. Because because you've got because you've got to go and look at Khalil Mack. Like that's the that's what I think is going to be the scariest thing. And we already know how how quick Khalil Mack can get to uh, the quarterback. Now I don't know if he will produce as much as what he did whenever he was in um, uh, Chicago or Oakland, but like the beginning of Chicago. But listen. Garrett hinted at it. Just be a Von Miller. There's a reason why Von Miller's stock ro- rose after this year because what he what he provided to uh, the Rams, what he provided to them, was massive. So then they, they, people can't just triple team uh, Aaron Donald all day long. They have to now worry about Von Miller. And if you do want to triple team him, Von Miller is good enough 
on a one-on-one on a one -on -one to be able to get to the quarterback. Gentlemen, I want to take so that's the same thing that's going on. Um, I want to take this to a scheme side of football a little bit and get a little bit nerdy for our high-end side of the audience right here. Uh, we're bringing J.C. Jackson in, um, and they do have Desmond King on the other side. Remember, Desmond King is somebody that plays uh, bumped man really well. Same thing, bump and run on the zone, too. So do you think with Derwin James flying in the backfield, we saw this for probably for the first time about six or seven years with Green Bay this season. Guys, I think we could see bump zone demand in this team right here. I think this team is talented enough that these corners can go anywhere on this football field and that they can play any type of scheme. Darwin James running in the backfield, play single high safety too. Damn it, gentlemen. Tell me what the schemes these Chargers could do. Wouldn't it be scary? Again, I'm going to start with you and then go to Cavs. These schemes, they, they could go crazy. It doesn't matter. Derwin James can play the sub linebacker. It doesn't matter. He gets Absolutely. Hard he gets down to the box. He runs down. The corners are good enough to guard everybody across the board. J.C. Jackson did it two years ago. Absolutely. With New England. With, with New England. England. Him and stuff on out there. It just doesn't matter. And then you still got your front two. It doesn't matter. I, that's the I think you that's the, the underline. It's the, it's the D-line. The D-line. You can put like some in the box and tell them to bail. Do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. I really do. I really do think the D line is really important for our, for those of you who don't understand the scheme side of football, when you add the pass rush into it, because the pass rush is something that is often less schemed. You're looking for maybe a stunt inside. Maybe you're looking to bump two of your D line together, but it's not as complex as the back end of your defense. When you have guys that just simply have to rush, you don't have to tell Joey Bosa how to go get the quarterback. He's just going to go and do it. I think that really makes this team as a dimension to this team. And so Kevin, I'm throw it over to you. Talk to me, the scheme side of this chargers defense, what all we could see from them this season, all this talent. You can see whatever you want to see because let me tell you something. If you can get to the quarterback, you can run whatever you want on the back end. Whatever. It doesn't matter. If you if you have two guys that can get to the quarterback in three seconds, you can play man the entire time. And let me tell you something. You can press them if you want to. Uh, the problem that you run into is you got to get to the quarterback. <laughs> so if you don't, then 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 that leaves a hole in the back end of the defense. But uh, if if you have guys that can get to the quarterback in four, three, four, or five seconds, you can run whatever defense that you want to on the back end. And it also opens up the ability to spin somebody else down in the box, stop the run up the middle a little bit, stop the run on the outside, maybe even blitz a corner, maybe even blitz a, a safety. You, I'm telling you, that's why that's the most important position on the defensive side of the football is because if you have that figured out and your guys can get to the quarterback, it opens up so many other – that's the problem that you have with teams that, uh, that can't get to the quarterback. Like my Vikings, for saw, example. I think we saw with Green Bay. I think that was Green Bay's uh, problem in the postseason was they just, damn it, they couldn't get to Jimmy G, man. They, uh, the, the, the front seven of that defense didn't turn up to the backside of it. And Green Bay had the blessing that they had the linebacker play to keep up with it. But just the, the guys in the front seven, the Smith brothers didn't give you what Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack are going to give you. I love the, the Smith brothers as much as anyone. Now, granted, they did kick one of them out the door. But they are not Joey Bosa <laughs> and Khalil Mack. So I think uh, Cap really did a hint at it, man. What this, the dimension they add with the pass rush, will give this defense so much uh, schematic freedom, guys. And real quick, we got to talk about my only concern for this Chargers team, guys, is that freaking head coach, man. Yep. That freaking head coach. <laughs> I knew it was I mean, coming. <laughs> I mean, Kath, let's talk about um, the Monday – was it Thursday night football where they played the Chargers? Uh, the game goes into overtime here. Um, the Chargers have a chance to win the game at the end. And what happened, man? They poor game management. Poor game. The last game of the season, damn it. The last game of the freaking season with a chance to go to the postseason. We all remember the Oakland game. I mean, hell, we talked about it right here on the show. We had no effing idea what was going on. Was he was was Oakland calling a timeout? Why did he call a timeout? What's were they kicking a field goal? Were they running out the clock? We have no clue because the Chargers coach screwed it up by calling his own timeout. So that is my only concern with this team, gentlemen. Uh, real quick, somebody make me feel better about the coach. Somebody tell me something good about the Chargers head coach. Yeah, I'm not out on Brandon Staley yet. I'm not. I'm not out on Brandon Staley yet. Give me some uh, I, I don't. I need something. 
I mean, I can't give you a ton of positives. Oh, man, that's my issue. That's my issue. Well, because because let me let me let me let me say this because the last thing that's in my head is the poor game management against Oakland or against <laughs> Las Vegas. Like that's the that's the issue that I have with it. But uh, I'm not out on Brandon Staley yet. I, listen, I, I know that a, a lot of people put a ton of stock into head coaches. I'm not really one of those guys. That is very um, true. He's different than me. He's that head coach is not Bill Belichick. I love my head coaches, man. That scheme is everything. To me. I mean, I I love Bill Belichick, and I think Bill Belichick is the reason why they haven't had a two loss season in God knows how long that's part of the reason is because Bill Belichick is so great, but I don't personally think that a, a, a head coach can go out there and win you a football game. Now they can absolutely lose you the football game, but it's the same thing. Like Brett, like Brandon Staley, all you have to do buddy is you just don't have to lose the game for your squad. You have enough talent around you. But I mean, if if that was the case, then Bill Belichick would be in in the Super Bowl every yeah, single year. Absolutely. So that, would Andy Reid. So would Mike Tomlin. So would and we're seeing a lot of these. So would uh, Shanahan and McVay. Now McVay did win this last year. That. He definitely has a, um, an idea on the top end of the coach, and I think or I, honestly, gentlemen, tell me is this Chargers lineup at the point where? It doesn't even really matter who's standing on the sideline. I mean, I think we could give my little sister yeah. the clipboard and she might be able to draw this team up to nine or ten wins just because of how much talent's on the team. Yeah, I think that's really the big deal. You just got to go out there and want it. And okay, I don't know if I don't know if Smella can sit there and draw up nine or ten I'm wins. Like, let's talent. give there's a lot of talent on this team, man. I mean, damn let's it, give Brandon's well, let's give Brandon let's, Staley some credit here. Let's talk about one on this Chargers team, guys. Now that we've seen all these additions come in, do y'all think Mike Williams will leave? And if Mike Williams leaves, do you think that will impact this offense? And Garrett, we'll start with you. If he leaves, that impacts the offense heavily because he's underrated, man. He's I think very he underrated. Is. Keenan Allen takes a little bit to start up, and then and when he starts I think up, Keenan Allen is overrated, man. I actually feel like Mike Williams stepped that. into the one role that last season more than Keenan Allen, and now Grant Mike Allen Williams got knocked up. He had two sides before he. Now, the one that's going for a thousand yards in the first Absolutely. six games of the season, and then the one that's going for 400 yards the last six games. Of the Absolutely. Season. Absolutely. It's like he's. I think the, the word right here on the show is coin flip esque. He's coin flip esque. And then Mike Williams is the safe guy that's going to give you everything he got every play. And the one, the Mike Williams game I'm remembering is, the, of course, the game I watched all of, the Cowboy game, man. Yeah. And now, granted, the Chargers did lose that game, but there was no doubt in my mind that Mike Williams was the best receiver in that game. Kath, I'm going to throw it over to you. Um, Mike Williams, stay, go. If he goes, is it bad? If he stays, is it even better? Tell me what you think about Mike Williams. Well, I don't know if anybody wants to leave the uh, roster, if we're going to be honest. Um, and, I, and, it, and it definitely, definitely adds in there that you – and you play in a brand new stadium and it's probably arguably the best city in America. There's a lot that goes into it on that aspect. Absolutely. Uh, but if he does leave, absolutely. Let me tell you something. He is Justin Herbert's uh, security blanket. He was he was what Jason Witten was to Tony Romo. Yes, if there wasn't anything else, yes, you could throw it up to Keenan Allen. Yes, you could throw it up to Keenan Allen. But let me tell you something. Keenan Allen was getting double teamed left and right and you weren't just going to throw the ball up to him. Mike Williams is going to go and get open. He's going to catch the ball. Uh Yak yards after a catch too. They franchise tagged anybody yet? I I, I don't have think they so. they franchised anybody? I, I have not seen the tag come out. I think that, but neither my thing I. is if you were going to tag Mike Williams, wouldn't isn't the window passed? Like, wouldn't have they have done that at the start of the off season? Uh, yes and no. They may yes and no. I mean, they, maybe they're wanting to through, see how see if you're going to land guys like Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson. I don't know if their big board had it going this good going into the offseason. That's a damn good. Well, game. they've only they've only used the Chargers have only used the franchise tag twice since 
2011. This may be this may need to be the third one. Uh, Hunter Henry and then Melvin Ingram. They tagged Hunter Henry. That's damn true. If you're tagging your tight end, man, come on. We can't tag the wide receiver. I get it. Now, Christian Kirk pushed that wide receiver tag a little bit higher, but still, he only pushed it up by like, what, 0.8 of a million? Now, I get 800K is a lot to you and me, but it's not a lot to an NFL franchise. So, I think Cap's got a really damn good point. Just make it all guaranteed in a signing bonus and it won't hit your cap. Good Lord. There you That's go. the so way to I'm do it nowadays. Like, took my boy uh, there's 30 seconds to get to that conclusion. I don't know what the hell taking San Diego or Los Angeles. So, bro, can they just go back to San Diego, man? I hate to be every time we talk about them. I struggle so damn hard on this show to say San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would go back, man. But, um, guys, we're can we can we talk about your Cowboys? Please? Yeah, that's gonna be my last one before we get out of here. Um, real quick, uh, my Cowboys lost two yesterday. Um, Xavier Woods um, went to uh, I want to say it was the Panthers and then Randy Gregory signed um in denver the xavier woods money is not in front of me the randy gregory money i believe it was 70 mil gentlemen i think it was five years 70 yeah, five mil. years 70 mil um i'm gonna start with gare gare tell me um reaction randy Ge- gregory xavier woods leaving um the randy gregory deal uh, was in place with the cowboys and then just like him. I, I think that's what it was i think he just didn't want to return to dallas he got the uh, same offer in denver and decided he wanted to go play uh, go and be a bronco so give me some thoughts on this one gary uh i see two things from Randy gregory either he's chasing a ring because russell's over there absolutely and denver's pretty ready to win now or he just does not like y'all and just decided to i, I think go that's somewhere. what it was man i think it was the michael parsons crap i don't think he enjoyed that man yeah. He a clock pusher. He punched his card for, what, six seasons? And the moment we got a new shiny toy, we were tired of him. He was out of the Dallas Morning News, tired of the papers. Nobody wanted to talk to him anymore. And I think that's certainly a damn good point, the fact that, I mean, I don't want to be nobody's sidekick, especially when I'm making $70 million a year. Well, let me tell you something, fellas. Y'all are so wrong. He had the deal. He agreed to terms. Everything happened. He was going to return. He wanted to return. He loves Jerry Jones. And then Jerry Jones decided to come back and say, ah, let me add a couple of stipulations to this. And he said, no, oh, uh, why would Jerry I take a deal? Him. That, that why would I take a, here. why would I take a, no, Jerry did want him, but Jerry wanted to cover his uh, rear end a little bit yeah. uh, because some substance abuse issues were going on in there. And he wanted to make sure I would imagine stipulations haven't come out about what they are. Uh, I've been following this situation fairly closely. Uh, I got Randy Gregory's tweets on. Um, I've got his notifications on. So whenever he tweets anything, retweets, likes, whatever, I get the notification. And uh, let me let me read off this tweet for you here, um, because this was somebody else tweeted this uh, and Randy Gregory liked it. And let me tell you something. If if you've got a guy who who likes something, uh, if you have a player that likes something that's about that player, um, then definitely pay attention to that. Let me see if I can find this here. Okay, so the tweet said. If this will load the, the tweet said for the record, Randy Gregory accepted much less money to agree with terms with the Cowboys. At one point, the gap between their uh, offer and others were roughly four to five million dollars. Uh, they closed the gap enough, not completely to the point he agreed done deal. Then the Cowboys got cute. And I'm again, I think the Cowboys were adding in a couple of extra stipulations. I would imagine it would be with substance abuse. Um, but they, they agreed to terms, and then Jerry Jones wanted to come back in and say, yeah. Well, then let's let's throw it over to somebody else that they signed. They signed uh, Demarcus Lawrence for three years, $30 million was what it was, three years, $30 million. The original offer was one year, $10 million. And the person that did that deal right there was not Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones. Shout out to Stephen Jones. He's even worse than what his father is. 
he offered he offered him that. Um, Lawrence said, "No, I'm not taking that." And then they went to Jerry, and this was coming straight out of D Law's mouth. By the way, they went straight to Jerry, and Jerry said, "No, you're an idiot, Stephen. We're going to give him three years, thirty million dollars for what he's done to our organization." There is a lot of issues going on in the front office for the Dallas Cowboys, and I mean it's disgusting. It's it should be embarrassing to Cowboys fans. You have you, you gave up Amari Cooper for nothing. You sign Michael Gallup. You what you're making him your number two. You get rid of Cedric Wilson. You get rid of uh, Randy Gregory. Where are you going here? They have it. They've lost more than they've won. You got to remember, big dog. What you're not what he's taking for granted here is. Damn it, bro. He does not a lot you can do with this cap and giving Grandy. There is no way in hell, no way in hell on Monday through Sunday that you can convince me to give Randy Gregory $70 million over five years. There is no way. The fact that we were even $5 million away from that deal still doesn't excite me. There is no way in hell I want that contract on my books. That's that's the exact playing great for good that has gotten us into this salary cap issue. And I, I think that's the same issue with Cedric Wilson, man. Cedric Wilson got paid great money to be good. And now, granted, it's not great money because he's a C-plus, but it's great C-plus money. And that's the thing. Michael Gallup, I think, is probably for the first time in a while that I can think we paid good for good. I mean, I don't think that's debatable. You paid what? I think it's a $6 million, $7 million cap hit. I think that's paying good for good. And that's something that we haven't done in a long time. And I think if we can just find a way back to that trend, just paying good for good and great for great. That is incredibly important to us because over the past five, six, hell, even the past 20 years, we've been paying great for good. If we can just get that habit out of our system, stop overreaching for guys who aren't worth it. Stop giving people the Jerry discount, right? It's not even a discount. It's an up account. If anything, you pay more for being Jerry's boy. And so if we can get away from that. Well, listen, I mean, let's, let's be honest though. Y'all, y'all are still in this trend because you still had that Randy Gregory deal there. If you, if, if Jerry Jones didn't go in there, and and I'm a little bit different on you, I think that was a loss right there. I think Randy Gregory is worth every bit of seventy million dollars right there for sure. I don't care about a six sacks. I don't care about any of that stuff. I look at, I look at tape. I watch tape and I see what Randy Gregory does, and that guy's a monster. He's gonna do absolutely wonder, wondrous things out there in Denver uh, with Bradley Chubb right next to him. But you still have the that same mindset there and i'm not even saying much about i i just don't know what the plan is for y'all like i don't know I what the that that that's a decent point i hinted at that on monday i don't know what the direction is i now that is that is fair the the question on direction is i don't know if the plan is to tear it all down if the plan is not to tear it all down because we've took a couple steps like we don't want to load up on the book because we could have paid randy gregory the way the salary cap works we could have handled the 70 mil now, granted, it would have made life even more difficult moving forward, and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy we didn't do so. But I just like Cap hinted at. I don't know what the direction is. I don't know if you want if you're looking to because the good news is, is the roster you have right now is more than capable of winning this division. You're you have to make probably three or four more substantial losses just to get the other teams in this division close enough to be relevant because the division's so freaking bad. But knowing that, you know, you have to play a playoff game, man. Like you're, you're going to have, right. you don't want to go out there and lose by 70 points in the postseason. And I just, like Kat said, I don't know what the direction is. Uh, I'll open up. If anybody wants to throw anything else on the Cowboys before we move off. No, I'm good. I'm the same way. I don't have anything else for it. Gentlemen, um, anybody, anything in the, in the, in the NFL I missed and we want to throw on um, the Jets made a couple big moves. James Daniels to the Steelers is uh, definitely an A move, made the O-line a little bit better. Anything else y'all missed guys? Uh, Joe Flacco is going to uh, the Jets. The Jets are giving him one year, three and a half million dollars. 
Uh, the Raiders got a pass rusher. Um, Chandler, oh, I already said Chandler Jones. The, the Chandler Jones money um, is $17 million a year. Definitely glad my Cowboys didn't give him that. That is a lot of money. Wow. Golly. Okay. Yeah, 17 mil per year. No, that's, oh, that's, oh, and, and, and then um, what's his name? Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman's getting $90 million hey, hey, from hey, ESPN. Hey, 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 Shout out to Troy Aikman moving. for getting a bag. Your Colts got moving. Um, I actually like this, too. Um, the Colts are bringing in Yannick Ngagwe on a trade. Um, the Raiders are sending Yannick Ngagwe to the Colts in exchange for cornerback Rocky Asin. Uh, anybody tell yeah, me about Yeah, I just saw that. Anybody tell me anything about Rocky Asin? No, I, I no. can't tell you much about Rocky Asin. I can tell you a little bit about Yannick Ngaku. Uh, that, that's a B right there. Not a B plus, not a B minus. Comfortably at a B. Um had an up click in production in Oakland this season, a good move for Indianapolis. Unfortunately, guys, Yannick Ngaku cannot play quarterback, gentlemen. Um, he is not throwing the ball anytime soon, so I don't think Indianapolis really solved the big issue. But, Kath, any thoughts on their their one move this offseason? Uh, good. Get, like, seven more, and then we can have a conversation about <laughs> you guys making a playoff push. Good Lord. I mean, still don't even have a quarterback yet. <laughs> What are we doing? What are we doing? Andrew Luck can come back. Andrew Luck. Oh, man, what I wouldn't do to see Andrew Luck back on the football field. Let me tell you something. Andrew Luck is 160 pounds, and he's got a mustache. And if he came back, he'd probably ask for $35 million. Which, honestly, man. That's a damn good point. I seen him at that college football. I think he was at the national championship when he didn't even fill into his suit, man. Yes. Yes. I know. It was baggy. Ted, real quick, um, we're going to do winners and losers today because we didn't do them on Monday. Um, I'm going to start uh, with me, actually. I'm going to go first. Um, winners and losers over the weekend. Guys, loser for me, Manchester United lost yesterday. Um, sent Cumberland out of the Champions League. Yeah, I was on the beach, man. I was trying to enjoy my day, and it absolutely crushed me. Serious questions in the dressing room. Ralph Ragnarok has uh, more than enough questions moving CFO this offseason. We don't know who Gaffer is going to be. Um, terrible loss, man. Just a terrible loss. Winner, my winner. They can't is, hold their defensive line, bro. They I'm can't hold you. defensive line for nothing. Maguire can't guard a parked car, man. No way around it. He's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, the winner of the weekend, I want to go um, – I'm going to go to Dallas, Dallas Mavs. Dallas Mavs found a way to beat the number one ranked defense over the weekend, uh, improved our number two defense just a little bit better, uh, tied for fourth in the West now. Uh, going to catch Utah in a matter of days. We'll jump them in no time. Um Three, hopefully Golden State keeps losing, but I don't think they will with Draymond Green coming back. But the Mavs playing good defense or good defense, and I like being. I haven't. I don't. I can't even think the last time the Mavs were the number two ranked defense in the con or in the league. So definitely loving that man. They're gonna be my winner. Gamma, throw it over you. Give me a winner and a loser. Uh, my loser for this weekend is gonna have to be the entire Magic and the whole entire <laughs> Amway Center. Other people that destroyed your team is. Not it was fun. an interesting look, huh? Yeah. That's and my winner is going to be Kyrie Irving for doing that to the Amway Center and having a franchise record 60 points total points in a game. Man, listen, I love I'll, Kyrie forever. It don't matter what you do with that damn vaccine, you'll always be a hero of mine for what you blessed us with that 60 point bomb. Can I have a second winner, guys? Yeah, what you got? What you got? Uh, speaking of the Amway Center, the guy we were talking about, earlier, the guy sitting to my right, absolutely yeah. magic he's a, fan, he's winner. and Buck Williams. Buck Williams. Buck Williams. The, Buck the number Williams. two scorer in Nets history, Buck Williams. Buck, yeah, Buck Williams got a little conversation as we talked to this guy. We were trying to figure out who the hell the leading scorer for the Brooklyn Nets all time was. Y'all know it's Brooke Lopez. <laughs> it's freaking Brooke oh. Lopez. So. Oh. Shout, out, shout out to the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie blessing us with 60. Kath, give me a winner and loser, big man. Uh, loser of the weekend. I've got a handful of them. Uh, the Colts, obviously, <laughs> they can't 
get anything rolling. The Saints for letting Williams go. They also can't get anything going. Not as bad, though, their cap space. They just hit the positive in the cap space area uh, yesterday <laughs> after doing some deals. Uh, I think the biggest loser of the of the weekend, though, um, I would say weekend. It was yesterday. <laughs> the Texas baseball program, they lost 8-4 to to College of Charleston. If you know where that is, shout out to you. If you go to Wait, College who, of Charleston, say that again. Say 300. That again. Uh, College of Charleston, uh, know where it is. They lost there. Uh, yeah, so number one – well, they, they dropped to number two in the last rankings. Ole Miss is number one. Ole Miss is really good. So is Texas. But they keep losing these really bad games. Like, this, that's bad. Uh, the winner of the weekend, I'm going to go to my – Seth, I want to pause just a little bit. Um, tell me why they're losing these games. I didn't even watch the Texas State game. What the hell is going on? Why are they losing to such crappy teams? I think a lot of it is just uh, – I think it's just the mentality that they have that they can go in and roll. Uh, but I also think, too, that's baseball, man. That's college baseball. That's Absolutely. baseball that's in general. Um, that's just what happens. My winner of the weekend, I'm going to go out there to uh, flip flip sides a little bit. Uh, the University of Texas Tech, Texas Tech University, um, their, baseball, their baseball squad scored 16 runs in the second Ooh. inning. Uh, I think they ended up winning 28-2. to two. Yeah, in one inning. Uh, they ended, my God. No, in the second inning, they scored 16 runs. I think they ended up winning 28 to 2, which, by the way, NCAA, please, for the love of God, make a run rule in yeah, men's college baseball in these games. That's ridiculous. There's no the reason why it should yeah. take, uh, I think it's eight after five and eight then after 10 five. after. 10 after six, I think maybe, I don't know, or maybe it's just eight after five in general. Well, what's crazy is they have it in, they have it in softball. Well, they have it, they have it in softball. Yeah. Yeah. They have, they have a run rule in college softball. I watch either Texas tech get run rule. You're my number one softball reporter, big dog. There's no doubt about that. I mean, if I'm looking for softball information, I'm going to add Jay Cath on Twitter. There's no doubt about that. (laughs) But no, uh, I do. I do have a, uh, a final thought here. Um, Oh, wait. Tweet from Adam Schefter. What you got? Rashad Higgins has agreed to a one-year deal with the Carolina Panthers. Okay. Damn, All right. Carolina's using Shout out to Rashad. I guess you could say that's a positive. They signed the left guard from uh, the Rams today, too. That was a big one. Well, not a big one, but it, he's a B, a B minus. So the Rams will miss him for sure. Yeah. Final thought here. Um, so the, uh, the College of Southwest and Hobbs. Uh, University of Southwest in Hobbs, that's South Texas, Southwest Texas, uh, down there close to Lubbock-ish area. Um, uh, they had a uh, they had a crash. The bus crashed. Oh, uh, seven were killed. Two are in critical condition at the Lubbock Hospital right now. Oh, prayers to them. Prayers to them. Oh, prayers to them. Definitely not what you want to see. Um, it's not really what I wanted to see on my timeline today. I've been refreshing it all day today. See NFL news, and that comes across there. Uh, definitely, man. That's. It's a golf team. I think it's the women's golf team or the men's golf oh, team, whichever yeah, it was. Man. Yeah, that's def- that definitely uh, definitely sad there. So prayers to them, prayers to the family and, and the college and everybody else around that were affected in that. Uh, that's all I got, though, today. Yeah, um, absolutely tragic. Uh, prayers, family, everybody uh, tend to together as a community. That's tend to what we see in situations like these. So just nothing but prayers. Terrible situation, man. Terrible situation. Um, with all that being said, gentlemen, we did have an absolutely loaded episode here. Um, NBA, NFL, everything you needed, we brought it to you. Uh, the good news is, um, guys, tournaments go rolling. Uh, we got first four, I believe, today. Um, more first four tomorrow. Thursday, full swing. Everybody's playing. Everybody's got action. So it'll be loaded. Um, Friday, we'll probably do a lot of college basketball. 
Um, we're going to get upsets. I mean, y'all know how March Madness goes every single year. So uh, the crazy Friday, I don't even know. It'll be a whirlwind of a whole lot of everything. We'll have NFL news in there. We're going to have college yeah. basketball. We're just going to try to do our best to cut the show like a pie and put as much information in there as we can. Uh, Notre Dame plays Rutgers today. There y'all look out for that. There you go. Uh, starting right away. Uh, Rutgers, Notre Dame. That should be a good one. Matchup of 11 seeds, I believe, right in the first four in. Uh, the 11 seed, yeah, the 11 seeds, and then the 12s played the 12s and 16s played yesterday, and then another 16s are playing today, and then 11s are playing today as well. So, tomorrow, tomorrow, everybody plays pretty much. Um, and then if you don't play tomorrow, uh, then you're playing Friday. Tech plays on Friday if you want to watch out for that one as well. But, so yeah, like I said, man, um, Friday's show, uh, it'll be a blitz. Um, so much going on, uh, lots of information. Y'all make sure you'll stay up with us, go over, do all that fun stuff we talked about on Twitter. Mr. Chris, I really do appreciate you joining me again. What is this? I don't even know how many times. Uh, absolute pleasure. We'll certainly have Garrett back right here over on Inside the Lunch Table.